Hi friends, welcome to episode 9 of Love, Hope, and Stories. My name is Jennifer and I'm excited to have my friend Misty co-host this episode with me. We are talking all things spiritual friendships today. You might remember from episode 1, I was Misty's resident hall director for part of her time in college and I'm so grateful she has kept pursuing a friendship with me ever since. Our friendship has really grown over the last few years, so I thought it was the perfect time to bring her back on the show sooner rather than later. So let's get going. You're back. I'm back. <laughs> I'm so excited that you're back. Me too. And I think the podcast world is excited that you're back. Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny and I just got back from this PMSF conference. It, that means um, not PMS like you would normally think of. <laughs> Our daughter was diagnosed with Phelan McDermott syndrome. It's the foundation. They have a conference every couple years and they talk a lot about making sure that you're taken care of so you can take care of your your children and you have support with your family and your friends, that kind of thing. And um, it just has me thinking a lot about spiritual support. So what do you think of whenever whenever I say spiritual friendship? I was in a car accident at the end of January. I have never been in a car accident before. And it was very traumatic. It all happened very fast. Mm. But uh, the airbag deployed. I was pinned in the car. So it was a pretty big deal. Um, I ended up in an ambulance and at the hospital. And by the time the day was done, I had a big boot on my leg. It had a break on the right and left side of my ankle. And one of my bones was completely shattered. And at this point in my life, I live in a townhome in just outside of Nashville and my bedroom and bathroom and everything is upstairs and my car was completely totaled. But it was to say there were a lot of things that changed immediately in my life that day. Um, I couldn't drive myself. I couldn't easily get up and down the stairs in my home. I was going to need rides to the doctor appointments and therapy appointments and You know, when you start thinking about all the things in your life that you do, like getting groceries and preparing meals and going to work, a lot of things can just start adding up as to how my daily life is going to look like. And so when that happened, I don't think I had the thought of like, oh my gosh, who's going to help me? Like, I don't think I thought about that. My mind was just like, well, how am I going to do this? Yeah. Like in my mind, I naturally, because I'm very independent, like most people who know me, like I'm dependent on Christ and good relationships in my life, but I'm also very capable, very independent person. So I think I immediately thought, man, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Mm -hmm. And without even giving it a second thought, it was like immediately all of these people, these spiritual friendships in my life were like surrounding me. Like my, my boss, who is a friend of mine, but also my boss uh, and his wife, I'm very close to, um, were immediately there to meet me in the hospital. I didn't have to go through any of that stuff alone. Um, They brought me home. They made sure I made it upstairs safely, got me settled. And so 
from day to day for the next probably five months um, since that accident in January, I've been very dependent on a lot of those people and relationships in my life. And some of them, most of them were women from my life group at church who I didn't even have to ask or request. It was like, okay, we have this person signed up on this day to bring this meal. And it was really like they set up this like prayer chain, uh, you know, to pray for me, pray for all of my needs. They were there to sit with me so I wasn't alone or like they took me to doctor's appointments and therapy visits. They um, were, you know, my companions if I needed them. They were praying for me. So there were it was a pretty impactful experience for me. Um, But I didn't have to do it alone because of those like spiritual connections, those people that I have that are in my circle. So it was when you talk about like coming off of that conference and, you know, thinking about family and like support and like, you know, who are these people that are going to like, you know, support you in this, you know, next stage of your life. That mm-hmm. That's kind of what was happening for me in that moment uh, and all those moments to come. Yeah. I mean, it's so important to have those kind of people that can see you probably, you know, probably at your worst, you know, like, especially at your emotional worst when you're feeling your weakness and you're feeling vulnerable, things like that. Like those big moments of life, those death moments, those birth moments, you know, they're not always sad. They're just everybody has something in life that comes up where we really need support. But then there's also like those long seasons of of time too, like with us and Isabella, like who knows what the Lord's plan is, but for the foreseeable future, living in the now, waiting for what's to come, you know, I I hear myself saying this all the time when people are like, how's Isabella? How's she doing? Which is a really weird question for me to try to answer, you know, Um, because there's like, how long do you want me to sit here and talk to you about how she's doing? Because there's so many different ways I could go with that, you know? Um, right. But a lot of times I hear myself saying, well, she's really she's really happy or she's doing really good. And then, like, and she is, but there's a lot happening in our life that I don't always feel comfortable. I don't really think that's what people are asking for. I don't think people are really asking me, how are you doing with her not walking, you know? Like, or how are you doing that she's not trying to talk? I don't think people really want to hear those things. And so a lot of times I just keep it to myself. And we have to have places in our life where we can really let our brokenness be seen. And that's what, to me, that's what spiritual friendships, people that are going to actually, what you said to me earlier this week that got me thinking about all of this is where we carry the load with each other, you know? Whether that's in prayer or in discussion, like, just vent. Just let me know what's going on in your life. You know, I don't know that I have an answer for it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to tell you the perfect thing that's going to solve all your problems. I probably won't, but I'll listen. Yeah, I think it's making that choice. I think I remember exactly saying to you, I'll carry some of that weight. Mm -hmm. And I think in those moments of spiritual friendship where, you and I have passed through a lot of those moments and still continue to choose to a vulnerability or confessing, you know, our sins to one another because that's what, you know, scripture instructs us to do. And carrying that, that weight is like, I'm here. It's literally like almost this moment of solidarity. Like you're not alone. Yeah. And I think 
for most of us who, whether we were raised to function on our own and independently and do life on our own and not rely on other people, that's completely adverse to Christ and his message and how we are to function as the body. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the message that the world to some degree preaches uh, on some levels is do you know, be this, get here on your own, do this on your own. And then you can, you know, reach out and rely on others. But it makes me think of a passage in Philippians where uh, Paul was saying, it was good of you to share in my troubles. Yeah. And so carrying that weight, you know, with someone else, like sharing in those troubles can help alleviate some of the pressure or the pain. And I think it's a supernatural thing. I don't know that it's, you know, sometimes we can do physical, tangible things Mm -hmm. to help carry the weight. Like if there, you know, if I was in town and there was something that I could come and do to help relieve, you know, a busy schedule or a hectic, you know, thing that was happening in your day, I think there maybe are some tangible things that we can do for people. But I think in the realm of spiritual friendships, um, it really looks more like praying together studying scripture together, speaking scripture over one another. Yeah. Those kinds of things. And reminding each other that God is good. Hey, remember God is good and he's not withholding anything good from you. Like this is a season that I can, I'm watching you go through it and I can see how bad it is, but I'm going to keep reminding you, keep your eyes focused and don't let things get out of proportion emotionally. You know, we, we spur one another on. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's good for us to stir up that goodness in each other. Because I know sometimes like when we get in that place where we're just where we don't really share our brokenness with people and we just, hey, I'm great. You know, um, we kind of be- start to believe that. And like we start to get deceived into thinking, well, I'm not so bad. You know, I mean, I know I got stuff, but I'm not so bad. But somebody else can come along and be like, uh, wait a minute, like, let's talk about that, you know? Uh Or I see some anger happening. Where's that coming from? You know, I don't know. Like, people can see stuff in us. They can call things out. They can also call out really good things. Like, I know there's times I'm on the phone with with one of my friends, and I'm lamenting, and I'm struggling through something. And one of you guys will be like, okay, I'm going to stop you right there, and I'm going to speak some truth to that, you know? There's a level of vulnerability that we have to enter into in these relationships in our lives because you you mentioned earlier like everyone needs support and for someone like me who is as independent as I am and as strong as I am a lot of people in my life that are in that close circle and even people who maybe are not in like you know the, your closest circles they see me as a very strong powerful like you know prayer person or um independent person And they don't necessarily think, oh, she needs help or she needs support or, and so I think a lot of times because I understand that people perceive me that way, we can have a tendency to live up to that instead of admitting our vulnerability. And it's very hard for some of us to say, I need help. And this season of my life, I didn't have a choice. Like it was almost like, Mm -hmm. I mean, God knew that this accident was going to happen and I truly believe he had every person and everything in place after the fact that it happened. However, he also, I feel like with the severity of the accident, 
it took away, like I was immediately stripped of any pride and like almost automatically jumped into this state of humility. Like I do need your help. And I caught myself apologizing a lot. Yeah. Like, sorry, I'm sorry. You got to come help. Or I'm sorry you have to do this. or I'm sorry. And of course everyone's looking at me like, are you crazy? What are you apologizing for? And I'm like, well, I'm just so used to taking care of myself or dealing with this on my own. And I think that's what we do. We adopt our problems to Mm -hmm. ourselves, and we adopt the mentality that we have to come up with a solution or we'll pray to God like, okay, well, God, you are the only answer here. You are the only one that can provide the solution. But then we even can get mad at him, shocker, when it doesn't come out the way we want it to or as quickly as we want it to, when maybe his answer is me relying on you to yeah. support me in time, right? right? Yeah. So, yeah, it does spiritual friendships and asking for help. We have to be vulnerable mm-hmm. in admitting that we need that help because there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's when we recognize the strength in our trust and our faith in him, number one, but then also the strength in the body coming alongside one another and being the body. Right. Yeah. We, um, we talked about, we, you and I both were in this little girls group at church whenever we were young (laughs) (laughs) and what was the motto? (laughs) Bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And I don't think as a, as a little girl, I really understood like, fulfill the law of Christ. What does that mean? But then you read in the gospels and what he says is like the greatest commandment is to love God and love people. And they will know you by your love. Like by my love being in you, they will know that you belong to me. You know, that's what Jesus said. And so you're absolutely right. And a lot of times we are praying so hard that God will reach into our situation and make something happen. And the whole time he, I feel like sometimes he is looking back at us and saying, well, get involved in church, get involved in your connect group, like go be a part of a different group because you're going to find me there. Like that's where you're actually going to find my hands and feet, you know? It makes me think of how easy it is for us to want to hide how not okay we are. (laughs) And it, like, I think I've told you this forever since we've talked this whole last year. I continue to not be able to get out of the book of Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everything that I end up talking about, it reminds me of in the garden with Adam and Eve and how easy it was when they were aware of how okay they weren't, right? They were awakened to the their <laughs> sinful nature mm-hmm. and they they heard God calling. And they immediately went to hide. And I think, how many times do I do that with my friends? Where I'm like, oh, they called me or they text me and they want to know what's going on. But I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to them because I know I'm not (laughs) in the right place. Right? Or I I don't feel like I'm okay. And maybe that's because maybe I've not been living into my healthiest, you Mm -hmm. know, spiritual self. Or maybe it is just because I'm not doing okay and I'm really down and I've not been connecting with people in my life well or with God or church and so we decide to hide and it seems so much easier nowadays to convince ourselves why that's okay but I think that's why these spiritual friendships are so valuable to us because you can call me on some of those things if you need to Mm -hmm. or you can like help pull me up out of maybe the pit that I've kind of dug for myself or that the enemy would like me to stay in. And so I think that's why spiritual relationships are so vital and so life giving 
because we're walking with one another through the good and through the bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. When Vinny and I first got married, um, his job, he worked nights and weekends. And I just kept being friends with all my single girlfriends, you know, like, and even like well into our marriage, we were doing college ministry. So I was hanging out with college girls, which is really great. And I was hanging out with my single adult girlfriends. And like life didn't really change a whole lot as far as like friends were concerned. But then um, when we moved into the house and the babies came and we stopped being in ministry full time, I kind of looked around and was like, okay, most of my single girlfriends, well, actually all of my single girlfriends have moved to different states and I have not taken the time to build like married friends. And now that we have kids, I haven't taken the time to to make mom friends, which is really weird to do that, you know? Um, Yeah. And I feel like... for me, I maybe it's not especially for me. Maybe every mom feels this way. But for me, with Isabella and the specialness of her situation, um, I mean, it you know, like, it's just difficult. Um, because she doesn't want, she doesn't play like every other child. You can't just have a play date at the park because she overheats. Or a play, you know, if you go into a play area in a mall or something, like, she gets bored really easy and I have to walk with her, you know. So I need somebody that's going to be like yeah, I'll walk. It's, it's fine. You know? Um, but I, I really like took stock and realized, okay, this is where we are. I have not been intentional about building these friendships along the way. I just kind of stayed where I was and kept building. So it's great to have those friends that you've been friends with for 10 or 20 years because you have so much history. They know a lot about you. They know a lot of the things that you've already walked through and they can quickly call out things in your life. It's difficult to do that with people that you're just meeting. So I took stock and I really started to pray and say, okay, Lord, I need some married friends because I like wife friends and I need some mom friends. I need Jackson mom friends and I need Isabella mom friends. And the first thing that the Lord told me was, who are you already friends with that you haven't invested a whole lot in? Like, who do you know? You've known for a long time, but you haven't really invested time to get to that place where they can call stuff out. And it was just so amazing how, like, I started looking around and I saw people who used to be students, like, in a different light. And then I saw them more as a really co-laborer in Christ, you know, like our hearts are being, I don't know, knitted together in a different way. And then I saw people who were married that I had just never our like we had been circling around each other but we hadn't really like connected just out of intentionality you know like or the lack of intentionality being vulnerable and saying hey could we take like could we pray together or could we talk about the Lord a little bit more you know like how our marriages are going and like would that be okay sometimes you have to get a little weird to make a good friend you know like somebody has to be the weird one to say would it be all right if we talked about this you know and I yeah. think what I have found is that a lot of times people are like, yes, I've been dying for a friend like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I just started a mom group at church for special need moms. 
I saw this girl across the the hallway and her baby was in a wheelchair. My baby's in a wheelchair. And I'm like, we are instant friends. I don't know who you are, where you came from, but God sent you to me. You know, like, and it just, when we, I feel like everything, if you want a spiritual friend, it starts with asking the father to give you one of his daughters as a friend. Yeah, I've grown in this a lot. So I feel like I might shock a few people, but I am way bold at this stage of my life. Mm-hmm. Sarcasm. I don't think that would shock most people that know me. <laughs> but I just ask. Like, I'm straight up, I'm direct. And like the life group leader that I'm in relationship right now, both of them actually, I emailed her and I was very specific with the kind of life group I was looking for and the reasons as to why. And I met her for coffee. Had never talked to her before except in an email. And mm-hmm. I just met her in a coffee shop. And I remember the second time I met with her, it, it was like, I need someone like you in my life here in this state, in the same city that I live in. You do. And will you be in this relationship with me? Will you do this part of life with me? And so I think to start, you have to, if you really want it and you know you need it. And like for me, I was in a desert. I was surrounded by people. I worked for a Christian organization. I can lead myself and feed myself spiritually mm-hmm. um, because I've been trained to do so. And I'm have matured to some degree in that way, but I'm, we're always in a constant state of maturing or growing. Right. So I recognized I am dry. I, I have people back home. I could call Jennifer anytime or my friend Jane anytime or the life group leaders that I had in Texas. But what good is that going to do me here? Yeah. Like I have to invest and I have great relationships in every community that I serve for my job. And so I would be in those places for a week at a time. And maybe once a month I was being fed or watered by those relationships, but then I would come home and for, you know, the few months that I was home, I would be dry. And so it was literally like the Holy Spirit. I feel like just pushed me off a cliff and was like, yes, you need to join a group. And of course you were like, you need to join an intercessory women's prayer group. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Did I like, say that oh, to you? <laughs> that's exactly what you said. And I was like, well, that may be a little hard to find, but okay, that's what I'll look for. And that's exactly what I found. Like, really? That's exactly what I found was an intercessory woman's prayer group. And I am the youngest person in that group at 35. Nice. And I think the ages go up to like 70s. And yeah. that's what I needed because I'm someone who God, I was born at a time in my parents' life when they were older. Everyone around me that I believe has shaped my faith or me as a person has been older than me. And those are the relationships that I cling to and I strive to find and I work for a company where I am the oldest sometimes by a decade oh my goodness or or 15 years if I'm being honest so (laughs) almost two decades and so the people that I work with on a daily basis are quite younger than I am so I'm that older person in their life not Mm -hmm. that they think of me that way so I ask so when I I think for people who are wondering, man, do I have relationships like that? Just ask if you are, even if you're wanting some of the relationships that you're in to go deeper or to be um, healthier or, you know, to be in a place that provides you some strength and endurance and accountability, just tell them. And like you said, pray for God to like bring those people to your mind or maybe they just show up 
and you run into them in the foyer at church one day and you're like, man, I was just praying about, you know, this, you know, God bringing, you know, relationships into my life or something like that. So I think it starts with an awareness yeah. that that's something that you need, number one. And then I think you have to be bold to go and ask for it, right? Is that not what scripture says? Like if you ask uh, or knock, you know, and the door will be open or mm-hmm. ask. And so, I, I mean, I don't want to take scripture out of context. Ronnie might get me, but I think <laughs> we have to ask, right? We, we have to be bold. And I think starting starting there will help you and then you have to be vulnerable and a lot of us don't like that but when you are in those relationships you're almost you're really covenant you're creating a covenant with one another Mm -hmm. like I will agree to see you at your worst and not judge you and to not gossip about you so you're really creating a covenant with one another to share in the good the bad the crazy and things like that Mm -hmm. so and I think also giving grace and receiving grace from people when people are going to disappoint us because, yes, we're the body of Christ, but we're humans, you know, that we are all working through our own things. And there will be times when we, when we get disappointed by somebody we were really hoping something would come about with or, you know, I put myself out there, but they didn't really respond like I was weird and they told me I was weird, you know, that kind of thing. But like giving grace, if you disappointed me, I'm going to keep loving you, you know, because if you want a lifelong friend or you want a friend that's going to walk this journey with you, you have to see the bigger picture. And like I may be, be disappointed in this moment, but I don't believe that this is where we're going to end our friendship. I think we're going to keep going. I think we're going to figure it out. If we need to ask forgiveness for each other, we will and we'll move on and we'll be stronger friends because of it. You know, but then also receiving grace from people, because a lot of times maybe we don't know that we've hurt someone's feelings or we don't know that we've disappointed or let someone down. And I think putting ourselves in a place of receiving grace from them or asking for grace, you know. Um, Right. Well, because these are just people. Yeah. And and I think, like you said, we are we have our flaws. And we expect too much of some of these people that are this close to us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's unhealthy. And I think the moment that we start feeling like, man, they really disappoint me or they really hurt me. That's the minute we run to God because, you know, he's our first source. I would say that to be encouraged because there are far more people, I think, available to us that the Lord has put in our circle, whether that's at work or at church or from school or at the gym. I mean, I have really good friends who they've formed a circle of accountability and health and they share scripture with one another mm-hmm. and they study the Bible together. And so they have entered into like caring about each other in a greater way. And who would have ever thought because they joined the gym because they wanted to physically feel better in their physical body that they would have had people that are going to journey spiritually alongside of them. I Yeah, I think exactly what you're saying. Like, be ready to be surprised when you pray and say, God, I need I need a friend I can share life with, like seriously spiritual life with. Be ready to be surprised at who he might bring into your life. It may be somebody that you wouldn't have picked out of a crowd, but it would be the perfect person that is really going to, you're going to sharpen one another. You're really going to grow together because God can be a matchmaker of friends too, you know? Right. 
I'm thinking of Ruth and Naomi. Yeah. When I think of spiritual friendships, I think of Ruth and Naomi and their relationship to me is a good definition of a a good spiritual friendship. And yes, I realize one of them is the mother-in-law, but the way that she desired to stay with her and care for her and support her, even though, you know, her husband, like both sons had died, Mm -hmm. but she still said, wherever you go, I'll go. Right. So I think about that spiritually, like Jennifer, wherever you go, not physically in this world. I mean, sure. I'd love to go with you. You don't want to move in. (laughs) Sure. I could be a nanny. That would be a great change of pace for me. But literally, like, wherever you go, I'll go. Because I love you that much. And I believe that God put us together. Yes, when I was in college and you were my dorm pastor, no. What have I ever thought that this is where our relationship would be today? No, but I clearly remember knowing how impactful you as a mentor and a supervisor in my life was, I didn't let you go. Like mm-hmm. I was adamant. I was like, I'm going to go to Chi Alpha. I don't care if I get to see her every day in the dorm or not. I don't really know nothing about Chi Alpha. I'm not really passionate about Chi Alpha, but I'm going to go to Chi Alpha because I'll see Jennifer. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, and you were still Pastor Jen to me back then. So but it was like, And I remember, like, even when that season of my life was over, like, calling you and asking you, hey, I'm in town. Can I come over and hang out? And even I think if we both really thought back to maybe the awkwardness of some of those moments of, like, hmm, you know, like, like, if we really thought about it, that was me, like, seeking out spiritual friendship from you, Mm -hmm. however I could find it, because you were, your life was going in you know a very different direction my life was going in a very different direction even when I was still in college and you were you and Vinny were both doing you know the ministry that you were doing I clearly remember being persistent probably to the point that it might have been frustrating to you at times because and I remember inviting myself over or saying hey meet me for coffee or hey can I do your hair that was probably my my big in because you know I could do hair (laughs) and so I was like yeah I'll come over and do your hair and for the record, I don't ever remember being frustrated about you saying, hi, can I come over? Good, good, good. But I think that is, I think if we really thought about it, we could remember some of those times that I don't think you and I could pinpoint, wow, there was a shift. Yeah. Where, like, we went from just trusting one another at the levels we did at that time as, like, supervisor and supervisee, mm-hmm. and then, like, someone who... Yes, we can have good conversation because both of us know how to engage with people relationally. And I think both of us knew how to safely be vulnerable with one another and share just enough, you know, until we knew, like, or I think until we reached another level of trust with one another. And so I don't think we can pinpoint, oh, that's the time where we just got deep. I think it was, like, consistent Mm -hmm. month after month, year after year, staying in connection. And then, wow, there was just this moment where... Like I knew about some things in your life as far as wanting to be a mother. And I think that, you know, just going through those vulnerable places with you and then me like going through vulnerable places with work and like moving from Texas to Nashville and being afraid about 
wanting to be in this leadership position and not believing in myself or believing that other people would think I should be there. And then you speaking into my life. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget New York. You moved to New York. Oh my gosh. Let's not. That's a whole other podcast. I don't know. I need to relive that. But yes. And I really think the vulnerability of that relationship and like moving to that place and that time and you being consistent to speak into my life. I think over time, our relationship has just formed. Yeah. And so I think it does make me think of Ruth and Naomi. And I think there are those relationships in your life where spiritually, it's like, I think even if you and I didn't talk for a year or two, it would still be one of those times where I would be like, okay, well, let's talk, catch me up, tell me what's been going on. Mm-hmm. And I believe the whole, the witness of the Holy Spirit between us could help shine light on, you know, what we, maybe what we should ask each other about or how we should be praying for one another and can give us that direction as to, well, you're wondering what you can do. Well, this is what you can do, or this is who you can be. And a lot of times it's just asking a question or like you said, listening or praying for someone. Mm -hmm. And even if it's for me praying for you behind the scenes and you never even know it. Yeah. But I like bearing that burden and carrying that weight. So I would encourage people not that they need to go find a mother-in-law and, you know, that kind of situation. <laughs> uh, but maybe that's what it looks like. But I think I would encourage them to to step out and live into that level of vulnerability with someone else. Because as afraid of it as we are, it is the healthiest thing. I think one of the healthiest decisions we can ever do is trust those areas and those parts of ourselves with someone else that I think God has designed relationship-wise for us to do that with. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you are feeling challenged and encouraged to keep cultivating spiritual friendships in your life. I know I am. And thanks for all the love and support you're giving this podcast. We're going to take a short break through the end of the summer. So check out our Facebook and Instagram at Love, Hope, and Stories for all the details about this fall. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the show so you'll never miss an episode when we get back. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you really soon.